Hello, Pastor Steve Waldrum's Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I'm very thankful to be your host. We're on this great website, earlychristianwritings.com, and we're just going through some of the earliest Christian writings on, of course, the New Testament. But these would be outside the New Testament with various caveats, groups, sects, heresies, <laughs> you name it. Um... So let's get started. Thanks for being here. Join us daily. First we come to Flavius Josephus, which I don't think anybody claims to be a Christian. Uh, Paul Myers wrote a wonderful history of him you may want to read. Absolutely incredible. But he does mention like James, John the Baptist, Jesus multiple times. And so uh, he's included here. He was a priestly family too. Um, the Apocalypse of Peter, dating from 100 to 150 A.D. Let's see if we can see a little bit about that. And uh, the preaching of Peter is known primarily from quotations from Clement of Alexandria. Origen also mentions a document and states that uh, Heraclian made use of it. So, it's actually, I think it said the Gospel of Peter, that's actually another document. This is actually the preaching of Peter. And then next we come to the Gospel of the Ebionites, the poor, Jewish. Uh, a lot of people think they're very heretical. Some don't. Some think they had something to do with the Dead Sea Scrolls. But a uh, lot there. Don't just stick with Wikipedia. Go back to your Harnacks and your Shafts and your Moshimes and what they have to say about these various groups, among many others. So Cameron makes the following observations. The Gospel of the Ebionites is a Gospel harmony preserved in a few quotations in the writings of Epiphanius, a church writer who lived into the 4th century A.D. I think he had uh, some unique views. The original title of this Gospel is unknown. The designation customary today is based on the fact this was the gospel probably used by the Ebionites, a group of Greek-speaking Jewish Christians who were prominent throughout the 2nd and 3rd century. And uh, some people say it's the Hebrew gospel of Matthew that is so popular. We've got a copy of that. 100-160 A.D., that's time frame given of the gospel of the Nazareans, Nazoreans with an O, Nazareans. So it's translated from Greek into Aramaic and, or in Syriac. In the other gospels, Cameron notes the sources that are available. The first reference to the gospel of the Nazareans was made 180 AD by Hegesippus, a church writer whose five-volume memoirs are now lost, preserved only in a few quotations by Eusebius. And there was a couple of Eusebius's a church historian, also an Arian. Arian. Fragments are preserved in the works of Origen, Agmentius, early 3rd century, and Eusebius, early 4th century. He was also a panegyrist. Eusebius was of Constantine. Epiphanius, late in the 3rd century, attested the existence of this gospel, but does not quote from it. Jerome, who incorrectly identifies the gospel with the gospel of Hebrews, uh, but he had first-hand knowledge of the Gospel of the Nazareans. It was composed sometime after the Gospel of Matthew and before the first attestation of the text by Hegesippus. Obviously, its provenance most likely Western Syria, where Matthew was probably composed and the Nazareans were still home in the 4th century.
So that's pretty interesting there. A group of Jewish Christians would have probably had something to do with this. Maybe even over by Dury Europa, one of the earliest churches. The Shepherd of Hermas, how popular is that? I know Gail Ripplinger in her book had the theory that they're going to try to put the Shepherd of Hermas in the canon because of all kinds of strange things. A lot of things. And Hermas was used widely in many early Christian writings we have, and he was also the brother of Clement, Bishop of Rome. So uh, it does not seem to square with any of the Christologies of the New Testament or those of contemporary theologians. Shepherd speaks of a son of God, but this son of God is distinguished from Jesus. Holy Spirit, which was created, first of all, God placed in a body which it dwell, in which it pre-existed and created all creation. So uh, we must not suspect patripassionism, which is somewhat oneness. So uh, that's pretty fascinating right there. The Odes of Solomon. We're going to let this be the last one. Charlesworth, who's worth getting his works on pseudepigrapha and all of this. I've got a couple editions, I think. The date of the Odes has caused considerable interest. So some people say it's in the 3rd century. Most scholars date them sometime around the middle of the 2nd century. Uh, date long after 100 is unlikely. And apocalyptic thought, and especially the ideas of the Dead Sea Scrolls. So the thir- 11th Ode of the Odes of Solomon is found at the Bodmer Papyri in the 3rd century. Y'all did some podcast a while back on Martin Bodmer, who was John Rylands. Some of the, you, you hear these, like Bodmer and, and Rylands. Uh, who were these people? Martin Bodmer, I think he was a very wealthy Swiss industrialist, if my memory serves me correctly. There is a controversy of whether the Odes of Solomon are Jewish or Christian in composition. So, lot of information and this is all proves Christianity is true that it existed because how could you have pseudepigraphal writings if there wasn't a real thing to pseudepigraphize so God bless we love you thanks for being here maybe make a journal or notebook things you find interesting share subscribe leave us five star review helps me find this and we'll talk with you later bye bye